All right. Uh, good evening, church. So this is our this is this is our thing. So we're trying something new out uh, this evening. It's really weird. So uh, you know you're gonna hear that from me a lot. It's it's weird. This is a, this is a weird time. But hey, we're we're gonna do what we can to uh, keep getting into the Word of God, keep digging in. And so this is kind of uh, something we're trying out. And so right now it's it's me and uh, Aaron Turner and Dan Spaeth sitting up here at the church uh, recording. And so we're, we're going to have a little class called, we're calling it Tentatively Conversations, and, and this, this evening we're going to talk about the names of God. And we're going to talk about uh, a specific name, and we'll get into all that. I'm sure you can see it on your screen. But uh, first we wanted to go ahead and do some announcements. Hey guys, it's, uh, I know all of you are struggling. I know that you're all wondering and, and concerned, and just want to let you know that the the elders are on top of this. We're 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 talking uh, regular. Uh, we've got a, we put an email blast out on Monday. We'll do another one on Thursday. We're gonna have a class, uh, not a class. We're gonna have a get together with Cole and Aaron and Tim, and we're gonna try to put together a, a, a more expound ex extended worship on Sunday morning. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to watch it, you can get it on our on our website. You can get it on Facebook, and you can also go to the YouTube YouTube channel that we've got now. Uh, and you just uh, type in Central Church. Church of Christ and go down, scroll down about 10 spots and you'll find our logo and there it is and it's uh, it was very good quality Sunday morning for that uh, I hope all of you are doing well we're trying to call everybody if, as best we can uh, you know it's uh, it's really difficult to get hold of everybody but uh, we are we are going to try to make all those calls and get to you uh, I don't have a lot of announcements uh, everything's going pretty well Kathy L is still got shingles I guess you guys know that uh, Dorothy Swearingen had a surgery and that's uh, that went well uh, I think Betty's doing doing well and uh, nobody else that I've heard of and if you hear of anything please call us and please let us know so that we can so that we can at least get a hold of you and if you need anything while this thing is going on if you need anything at all please call us and let us know we we can't help you if we don't know that there's a problem uh, so if you need something lot people some people are going to the store uh, not regular but we could always stop and pick you something up and bring it to you if you need it so uh, but we can't help if we don't know so you need to let us know uh, so I don't know anything else, Cole, that we have that that uh, people that I know of. Everybody I've talked to is they're all pretty in good spirits and they're doing yeah. pretty well with it. They they're uh, uh, they're taking this in stride and they know that God's going to take care of it. And and uh, so I'm really pleased that all the people I've talked to so far, I'm really pleased with it. So uh, if you want me to pray, we can pray before yeah, we get started. You yeah, don't do that. Pray, yeah. uh, all right, we're going to pray right quick, guys. And guys, I please please I'm asking you to do something for me. Please pray for the church. Uh, please pray that uh, that when this is all over with, that uh, the church will be stronger and will be more focused than we were before. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the opportunities that uh, that this uh, uh, problem is going to is going to bring to us. Uh, I want to specifically uh, talk about those folks that are that are are leaning more to coming to you and leaning more to having a, having a, uh, issues with their life because they're scared and they're afraid and and I pray father that you bless those individuals many of us have talked to people that are that uh, want to start going to church and I pray that you'd help that to happen father get us uh, keep us strong keep us focused keep us uh, uh, connected to you be with those of our number that are struggling 
uh, uh, mentally, emotionally, psychologically. Help us to know who they are. Mm. Uh, get them to us, Father, so that we can help uh, uh, relieve them. Uh, you know, we've got uh, a couple of us are going to eat lunch with a guy tomorrow that, that really was struggling for a while. And, and I pray that uh, you bless him as well. Mm. Uh, just be with us, Father, as, as a church. Help us to move forward. Help us to be the people that your son died to create. Help us not forget who we are. Uh, while we worry about this, this will not consume us. We know that you're in charge and you're going to take care of this. And we will be stronger on the other side than we are now. Bless us, Father, as we move forward to today with this, uh, uh, with what we're going to do. This is new. New for both of us and all of us. And I just pray, Father, that you bless us as we do this. And this will be a uh, uh, something that uh, technology-wise that people can wrap their hands around. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know what? I just thought about it. Um... We talked about it earlier. A few mm -hmm. people have been asking about contributions. Mm -hmm. So what do you, what's what's the direction? What well, are we doing? How you know, are we getting that in? You know, the one thing we don't want to do is have our contribution tank. We still have to pay the bills. We still have people that we have to pay. We still have, you know, electricity bills and stuff. Uh, so if you if you can't, you want to send it, you can send it directly to Pam. Send it to the office. Pam will get it. Uh, or you can bring it by the office. There's a lockbox outside her door. Uh, do not. We, we have asked Pam not to let people in. You know, Pam, Pam is, uh, uh, we're trying to take care of her and uh, make sure that she stays healthy. And, and the last thing we want is for someone to bring something unknowingly, bring it in and bring, give it to Pam and she gets sick and it's a real problem. So, so just, uh, uh, you can wave at her through the door, <laughs> but, uh, but don't ask to come in. And, and uh, uh, hopefully that's going to change in a week or so. But right now it's, uh, yeah. you know, or you can you can call one of us and we can come by. If you can't do that, we can call one of us and we come by and pick up your contribution, however you want to do that. So those are some those are some opportunities right there. And we talked to somebody last night. Georgia talked to somebody and they said they were gonna they're gonna mail their their contribution in. So I'm sure Pam's gonna start getting some of those in the mail. So uh, and so and, and another option is setting up a direct deposit. You can set up a direct deposit too. You can talk call to Paul, and uh, and Paul will uh, can help you with all the logistics of what you need to do. And yeah, you can have it drafted right out of your account every every week or every month, whatever you want to do. Okay. Awesome. Well, I know that answers a lot of people's questions. We've had we've had those coming in, so we wanted to, to kind of. Hey, this would be a great opportunity for people to, to have questions, and we can answer them on this thing. I, this this would be pretty neat. This is so this is going to be a pretty interesting an interesting dynamic, and and if y'all no like anybody it, that knows me knows that I am technolo technologically illiterate. So <laughs> I had to ask I had to ask Kevin today what a podcast was. I didn't know what yeah. it was. So. so when we were pitching this idea, we we Aaron had talked to me about doing a podcast, and of course, it's something that's been on my heart for a while. And um, so I pitched it to Dan, and I told him, it's like a podcast. And he said, a what? <laughs> and I said, man, it's like talk radio, but online. So anyway, it was it was an interesting way to get here. So, you know, we're we're looking at, and you guys can, can see the screen here. And so what we wanted to start talking about with Nate was names of God. And one of the things, this is a real big thing for me. I love this personally um, because in our, there's so much that we miss in the Old Testament that we just don't see because it's been translated English that, that we miss the impact of these real subtleties. I mean, the Bible, even even for people who don't believe in God, is hailed as one of one of the hallmarks of literature. I mean, it's, it's huge. It's this big deal. And there are all of these subtle patterns and themes all throughout the Old Testament. And uh, the names of God is one. And, and we, we miss it. And so, this evening, we want to talk about... Um, the names of God, and specifically Yahweh Jireh. Um, so let's let's kick it off this way, though. What's in a name? You've got 
three kids, mm-hmm. and they all, you all, they all have names. Mm-hmm. How was that process, naming, choosing names for your kids? Wow, I can tell you how mine was. Okay, go ahead. My mother listened to the song, Oh Danny Boy, and that's how she named me. My, my first name is Daniel. And I was named my sec. My middle name was after my father Raymond. Uh, so, you know, we uh, when we when when Georgia was pregnant with Paul, we were uh, uh, she was uh, I say we you know she was uh, eight months pregnant, and uh, so Paul got kind of got baptized by proxy, you know. So, uh, but uh, but we became we were very we were getting very strong biblically. And Paul was just kind of a name that we just, you know, it just kind of fit, and we both decided on it. Uh, I don't know how the other ones were. I, I really don't remember. But, but there was a process, you know. We always had girls' names picked out. Back then, you didn't know if it was a boy or girl. Right. George wanted a girl, and, and we never got one. So after Paul, she said, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> but but uh, that's, yeah, it's, it's you know, it, some of them, uh, at least Paul's, I know how that one was. I don't remember the other ones. I don't remember what what we did. I know how my how mine was because my mother told me right. how she how why she picked my name. So so for me, I almost I almost you know got caught with the first name Lovey. So do what Lovey 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 that that was that, that would have been close. neat gro- growing up going to school. So, yeah, it would have been it would have been it was real close. Uh, my grandfather's name is Lovey and uh, his middle name is Melvin, and he goes by Melvin. And my uncle. His first, his son uh, was named uh, is named Lovey Melvin as well. We call him LM, and so uh, it was it was a close call. Uh, they they really wanted to name me. My my grandparents really wanted me named Lovey, and um, you know we my parents fought tooth and nail for me for that not to happen. So I'm very <laughs> thankful that I ended up with coal. Uh, although the name means black rock, like coal, like the stuff you burn, mm-hmm. you know, that's what it means, and it doesn't, yeah, it's interesting, but, <laughs> <laughs> so, but there's a lot in a name, you know, a lot of people, a lot of uh, parents, especially, when we start naming our kids, it's like a namesake, mm-hmm. right, and it's, there are a lot of cultures that still believe naming that child kind of is going to predict their life path, Sure. and uh, we definitely see that in Hebrew culture and scriptures, right, mm-hmm. so in Genesis uh, chapter, well, look at that up, shouldn't drop the Bible. There we go. Genesis chapter 21, when Isaac was born, right? Mm-hmm. Sarah named him Isaac, which mm-hmm. means he laughs, yeah. right? And so uh, the joy that this brought to uh, Sarah, finally being able to have Abraham's child, finally having her own child, right? And then also it's kind of ironic as well because when God visited them at the camp... She laughed. She laughed. That's mm-hmm. right. She laughed in the tent. <clears throat> and... Um, so it's very it's very interesting, and so in the Hebrew scriptures we see this naming concept where it's you know it's fit in with the narrative in such a way to build and, and get deeper. For example, Jacob, right? Mm-hmm. Jacob means supplanter mm-hmm. or deceiver. Yeah, and uh, Esau means red. But right? yet, when Jacob's name was when it was changed to Israel, when you know it means struggles with God, right? And, and that's that, how Israel has been their whole culture. And it was, yeah, it was kind of, it was, it's yeah. forecasted the entire yeah. narrative yeah. in the Old Testament mm-hmm. with this, with this selected nation mm-hmm. that God chose where they wrestled and struggled with God constantly. Yeah. And, um, what I like in, in that story with Jacob, where we call him the supplanter, he right he spends his whole that whole first arc of his narrative before he flees to uh, Paddan Aram. Mm-hmm. He spends that whole first arc deceiving, right? Mm-hmm. He cheats Esau out of his birth birthright, <coughs> and he uh, 
he cheats uh, he cheats him out of his birthright and the blessing, and then he goes over and for the next twenty years in Pat and Aram, right, Laban cheats him. Mm-hmm. You know, and yep. it's him relying on God, him mm-hmm. the deceiver finally giving it up and just relying on God. And and if you want to get it down to its essence, it means he's a liar. Yeah. He's yeah. a liar. He's a liar. That's what his yeah. name means. He's a liar. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Could you imagine having that name from birth? <laughs> no. No. But it would fit if that's who you were. And that's right. what you're that's what you're that's what you became was a liar. And so it's so there's this rich background history. It's not just, you know, the names of God, but it's specifically we need to understand that throughout this Old Testament, throughout this narrative, we have these really interesting names and they mean something. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, we don't catch that always in the translations, right? That's right. Jacob doesn't really say, oh, his name's Jacob. Oh, I know lots of guys named Jacob. Mm-hmm. Well, but in the Hebrew, this name is very similar or means yep. something different, right? And so we want to really kind of draw down. So we, you know, looking at this idea of names in the Old Testament, there's, how do you, what would you, when we think about God, right, that for us, that's God, right? Mm -hmm. But in the Hebrew, it's a very specific name, right? It's Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Right, that's the, the name that he gives himself in Exodus chapter 6. He says, you know, this I am, tell them mm-hmm. I am who mm-hmm. I am has sent you, right? And so he chooses this name Yahweh. What do you, would you, what do you, does that mean anything to you, Yahweh? Well, when I, when I see it, you know, I remember Jesus telling them, when they say, you know, Jesus says, I am. He says, right. he said, he said, they asked who he was or where he came from or, or who his father was. He says, I am. Yeah. And it virtually means I was there in the beginning. I, I am. You know, that's who I am. I am. Right. He when, is Yahweh. John, yeah. Where yeah. he's, mm-hmm. he's sitting there arguing with the Pharisees and yep. then he says, uh, he says, and Abraham would have longed to see my day. And yeah. they, they would have been like, well, because before like, Abraham was, he, I am. And then, right. And then he says, before Abraham was, I am. Right. And yeah. then in John, we have those real famous I am statements. Yep. I am the, the way, the truth, and life. I am the bread of life. I am Yahweh. Right. And so, yeah, and so Yahweh in the Old Testament is interesting. So, looking at it from a translation standpoint, a lot of scholars are, are kind of split. And so they believe that, some believe that it's based off of the verb. There's a verb in Hebrew that's very similar to Yahweh. Um, very, very similar. It, it doesn't start with the, the Y, right? It starts with an H instead, but it's incredibly similar, and it's the to be verb, right? And so there are some scholars who look at that, and they, they want to translate it almost literally, and they want to say this name literally means I will cause to be, right? And so in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, we would kind of see that construction, I will cause to be what has caused to be, mm-hmm. and which is interesting, which is kind of like a, a first cause idea. The other people want to look at the verb from a different standpoint, and they want to say that it's I am, Mm -hmm. or I shall be. And so kind of what we have in our translations, I am, right? Mm -hmm. There's a third group which argues that this is a completely unique word. It's completely unique, and and there's nothing like it. It's not connected to that verb, and it it is a literally unique word name for God, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm kind of torn looking at those three views because I do this is a unique word it's not the verb it is different from the verb and it is very unique in that it's the name but at the same time for terms to to make sense to have meaning they have to they actually have to have meaning and so mm-hmm. you know if made up words are made up they don't have any meaning or connection does that make sense yes absolutely and so for me I, in their 
their world, I, I believe that it's kind of a merger of, of, the, of two of the views. Of the, it's, it is based off this verb, but it's also at the same time very unique. Mm -hmm. And it's used over, this name Yahweh is used over 6,000 times in the Old Testament. So, and there are no, it's never, uh, I wrote down some facts about it, so it's over 6,000 times, it's never changed. So it's, in a lot of languages, we have what's called declension, where the noun changes mm -hmm, based mm -hmm, on... Mm -hmm. um, the the sub where it's at in the sentence right mm -hmm. and then we have that never happens with this there's never a plural or a suffix for this name um it is abbreviated sometimes mm -hmm. but it's never never the core of it is never changed it's mm -hmm. very interesting it's a it's a very unique word um so what does it mean though so what does yahweh mean um in the Old Testament, what we see a lot is Yahweh means, is, is this all-encompassing idea of God. And so we're going to talk about specifically Yahweh Jireh from Genesis chapter 22. But Yahweh in and of itself shouldn't be looked at as diminished because it doesn't have Jireh, mm -hmm. right? Jireh is, is almost like this a description. It's, it's like like, a, like an adjective. Yeah, it's like an adjective. Where it, where it just yeah. describes what you just talked about. Right. How, many of, how many of these are we going to talk about over the course of time? Well, how many do you think there are? Well, so there that are. We want to talk about. There are for the for specifically for the Yahweh terms. Mm -hmm. There's I think there's six. Okay. Um, specifically for like so Yahweh, we'll, Jireh, so we'll, Yahweh. So we're going to we're going to look at six different names of God. I think if that's if that's the correct amount, I can look. I, I should not today. Not today. So no, we'll do not six today. Of these. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, okay. So it should be. I think it's six. Let me check real quick. Let me take a look at this. Because um, there are there are because every one of them, Cole. Is unique. Yes. And has a, yes. a specific idea about God yeah. for every one of these names. So there are, so there are, uh, looking for it again. One, two, three. Yeah, I think I, yeah, I hit that on the nail. Six. Six. Okay. <laughs> All right, good stuff. All right. So there are six, and so we're, all of them, yeah, highlight this different unique position of God. And it's, and I love them personally. It's, uh, you know, I like to be targeted when I pray, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'll sit down and when I pray, I just kind of wander, mm -hmm. right? I go all I over too. the place. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's it, you're praying and that's good. Mm -hmm. And God knows our minds and our hearts and stuff. But at the same time, I like to get really specific. Mm -hmm. And so uh, grabbing onto these names and praying these names oftentimes is a way for me to help stay zeroed mm -hmm. in on what I'm praying mm -hmm. over. And so the one we're looking at, right, Genesis chapter 22, and that and that's this is kind of a big chapter in the Bible. <laughs> Genesis 22, uh, where we find this. And if, if we go down, if you look in your, in your Bibles at, at verse uh, 14, right, we'll start in 13, it'll say, Abraham looked up there in a thicket. He saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord... It will be provided. Now, look, I could tell you books could be written about just those two verses. I mean, there's, there's, these are, this is packed, mm -hmm. so packed. But let's take a, let's take a big look at this. Let's take, let's take a step back and look at this whole context. So, in this story, Abraham has been told by God, "Hey, go kill your son on the mountain. Mm -hmm. Go sacrifice your mm -hmm. son." That's pretty horrible. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine? No. You'd sleep at night. No. It's horrible. It's I've, I've, told, I've told people numerous times when I used to go to jail, I tell them, you know, I've got three sons. I couldn't give one of them for any of you. You know, my love is just not that deep at this point in my life. You know, I love my sons and, and I could not, 
you know, I, I, I couldn't even imagine, you know, uh, you know, how much love he must have had for God to believe, because Hebrews chapter 11 tells right, us right. that he believed that God could raise him from the dead, and figuratively speaking, he got him back from the dead. Yeah. He killed that boy in his heart. And and I, I can't, I, no, I can't. But he was completely convinced that this man was completely convinced at a hundred and something years old, he's completely convinced that God is going to take care of what needs to be taken care of. He's going to provide it. Which is really interesting because in Abraham's ark, and mm -hmm. he enters the story in Genesis chapter 12, and he exits not, not long after this chapter, but in his ark, how often did he actually believe God? I mean, mm -hmm. maybe what, a handful of times? A handful, yeah. Out of, I mean, out of, out of, con I mean, there's a few opportunities for him where he doesn't believe. Right, he doesn't. Mm -hmm. So, in, in Genesis 12, right, mm -hmm. we have a famine, and mm -hmm. he goes down to Egypt, and he tells his wife, he tells his wife, hey, his say sister. you're my sister, yeah. because I don't want to be killed. Now, at the top of Genesis 12, God just says, hey, I'm going to bless you, yeah. and I'm going to make you a father of these nations, and, right? And he yeah. says all of these blessings and stuff, and Abraham just goes from that to, oh my gosh, there's a famine, to I'm not believing anything. Doesn't he look just like <laughs> us, though? It you is. know, a month ago, we were just fine. Everything was going along, clipping along just good. You know, we went to church every Sunday. We went to class on Wednesdays, many of us. You know, we went to work. We, we took care of our grandkids. And all of a sudden, our whole life turned upside down. Yeah. And there's some folks out there having a tough time with it. Spiritually, mentally, emotionally, having a tough time. Because their whole world is, is coming, feels like it's coming down on them. That's how Abraham felt. You know, and then out of all of that, God says, oh, by the way, I want you to go kill your son. Right. Yeah. How, how does he process that? I don't, I think we have to get to a place with this. We have to watch God work enough where we get to a place where we can look at it and say, you know what? God's going to take care of it and mean it. Yeah. Not just words, but we mean it. Yeah. I know God's going to provide. I know that he's going to take care of this virus. He's going to take care of the oil situation. He's going to take care of all this stuff. Right. You know, and you know, I, there, there's armed guards. I mean, armed security at the grocery stores. What? That's because crazy. people because people are not comfortable, and so they're letting their emotions get a, the best of them. So did Abraham. Yeah. But yet here, he says, "I'm going to name this place. God will provide." That's right. Well, and so he and so he struggles. This is a struggle mm -hmm. with Abraham. This mm -hmm. is honestly this is why I love Abraham. So the Jews kind of put Abraham on a pedestal, but in reality, he was very flawed. Yeah. He lied. He yeah. lied consistently mm -hmm. about he was he was afraid being a foreigner in this foreign land that these that people were going to kill him. Mm -hmm. they, you know, they he just he was convinced. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Abraham wasn't from this area. Mm -hmm. He was from a different area, and he comes into this new area, a foreigner. He's traveling in tents and stuff, and he ends up get, gaining quite a bit of wealth. He ends up being blessed quite yeah, a bit very by wealthy. God, yep. very wealthy. Mm -hmm. And he, everywhere he goes, he's worried that someone's going to try to kill him, which is it's just very interesting. Yeah. But God constantly keeps saying, "Hey, look, I've got you." You know, mm -hmm. and these are these promises I'm giving to you. I've got you. I've got you. But you know, Cole, you know when he when his wife offers him Hagar. Mm -hmm. That is a learning experience oh, because man. that doesn't go well. No, it doesn't. That doesn't go well at all. It doesn't. I mean, now he's got a, a blended family, and he's looking around and saying, "What you know? What's happened here?" And yeah. and you know, and so I think those are those times when when he's learning and and growing and maturing, yeah. and he's figuring out. Wait a minute, God doesn't need my help. And there's people at this church mm. that are going to find out over this over the span of however long it's going to last. That God doesn't need my help. God can take care. When when we come out of this on the other side and we're better, we're stronger, we're more focused, there are going to be some folks from in this church that are going to look around and say, 
Okay, I got it. Or it's going to be one of those steps in that process of them growing and maturing. And, and, and God knows that. Yeah. He knew that with, with he could have stopped them from, from taking Hagar and from him sleeping with Hagar. Yeah. He could have stopped that. He, he does. Did. He stops Abimelech in Genesis chapter, mm -hmm. oh, I forget which chapter, it's in the 20s. But he stops, uh, mm -hmm. and you know, it's probably 20, chapter 20. He stops Abimelech, the king there. He mm -hmm. gives, Abraham says it again, he lies, and uh -huh. he gives him the king, mm -hmm. and the king go, goes in, and, but he never God, sleeps with her. Yeah. And he comes and he curses Abimelech, and Abimelech's like, man, I would have never done this, God. I would have never done this thing. I yeah. know this is wrong. And he goes, that's why I kept you from sleeping yeah. with her. Yeah. And so, um, and so you're right. God can intervene. Can mm -hmm. God, God could just step in and stop everything. Well, if he's the God that's going to provide, he knows what he's going to provide. He knows what we need. He knows what's going to happen. He knows what, what he's going to do in every situation. And so, you know, it, here he's got a plan. Yeah. He's got a plan today. Just because you don't know what the plan is, just because I don't know what the plan is, just because we as a church don't know what the plan is, doesn't mean he doesn't have a plan. Right, right. He's got a plan. You know, and it may be hard. And it may get more and more difficult before it gets better. And you know what I think going to happen? I think it's probably going to get more difficult before it gets better. Well, that's that's scary. It is. That's scary. It is. You know, and you know, we talked about this a while ago, and I don't, I don't know if we want to go here yet, but but when Elijah is running from Ahab and Jezebel, mm -hmm. you know, and he's and he is running for his life. Mm -hmm. He's all freaked out. He's mad. He's angry. He's afraid. He says he's, he's fearful, afraid of it. Yeah. And uh, and if you if you turn over to First Kings chapter nineteen, uh, I want to I want to read uh, something here. Sure. Because because God, you know, he finds he finds Elijah, and. And of course, he comes. Remember, this is the time when he comes in a whirlwind. He comes in, and then he God shows up in a gentle whisper, and and, and Elijah uh, knows. I mean, oh my gosh! But he said, he said he's so despondent. He said, God, why don't you just kill me? That's right. I'm done. He did. I, I don't want to do this anymore. This is this has ceased to become fun. Well, I'm telling you, you know, I mean, it's uh, right now. This is a new experience for us. Mm -hmm. But at some point, very quickly, it's going to cease to become fun. It's not going to be fun anymore. Staying home with kids and all, it's going to get to be a grind after a while. And you're going to look around and say, you know, I didn't sign up for this. That's right. And you're going to have two choices. You can either stay towards God or turn away from God. And Elijah's on the verge of turning away from God here. And then in, in verse uh, 15, it says, the Lord said to him, go back the way you came. Well, wait a minute. He's running for his life. Uh -huh. He yeah. says, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu son of Nimshi king over Israel. And anoint Elisha son of Shaphat from Abel and Meholah to succeed you as prophet. Now listen to what he said. Jehu will put to death any who escaped the sword of Hazael. And Elisha will put to death any who escaped the sword. I got this. That I already provide. I've provided you with with answers. You just were running so fast. You weren't ready to listen. And he then he says, and yet, and in verse eighteen he said, yet by the way, oh by the way, I reserve seven thousand who have not yet bent their knee to Baal. That's right. Yeah. You know, God said, I got a plan, Elijah. I got a plan. You, you know, know what what strikes me in mm -hmm. that in that story too is Elisha Elijah excuse me mm -hmm. Elijah basically tells God I'm done yeah I'm done I'm done mm -hmm. what I love is God comes in and says you know what I do have this mm -hmm. but you're also right 
Mm-hmm. You are done. You are done. And I'm yeah. going to bring you home. Yeah. He doesn't leave him out flapping in the wind. No, he doesn't. Now, he, he, God says, I'm going to do it in my time, right? Mm-hmm. God doesn't just, God doesn't tell him, all right, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're ready to come in, come in. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. God says, look, you've still got some stuff left, mm-hmm. but you're done and you're coming home. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't tell him that here, but that's exactly what he does. He goes and he anoints Elisha as his replacement. Mm-hmm. And then he goes. God takes but him up. When he does that, you can see the, not the, I won't say anger in his voice, but the but he's but he's uh, he's got a, a a bit of a grit to him. Yeah. And when Elisha says, "Let me go back, and I got something to take care of," and a lot, what does Elijah tell him? Man, what, I ain't got no hold over you. Go if you got to go. He already knows that God has point. already said, "I want you to anoint this guy. This guy's going to kill everybody's left." All right. Anybody, them other two guys don't get. He's going to get them. And and yet this kid wants to go back. And what Elijah doesn't know is he's going back to burn his. He's gonna he's gonna burn his his plow. He's gonna kill his oxen. He ain't got nothing left to come back to. He's going. When he goes, he's not coming back. Right. And he right. knows he's not coming back. And I think that you know that you can. If and I don't know this. I'm not a scholar of this, but it looks like Elijah, you know, has still got a little bit of a growl on. You know, because the way it's worded, he says, "Just go. man, I don't got a hold of you. Go." I can see myself saying that. Right, right. And having an attitude when I said it. Well, he, he just recently got done killing a bunch of priests of Baal, so maybe he's still <laughs> yeah. in, that hard, yeah. in that hard mode. Probably so. He but probably I, is. I, you know, I think it, what we see, and this, is, and this is really what I wanted to get to, because we're mm-hmm. kinda, we've kind of danced a little bit throughout the Old Testament now. And mm-hmm. uh, I love this, because you know, in Genesis, it's the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the beginning for so much, and we see this pattern constantly throughout the Old Testament repeating, and even into the New Testament as well. I think we see its fulfillment in Christ, but we see this idea that God is providing. Mm-hmm. His provision. Now, specifically in, in Genesis chapter 22, what we're seeing is this, this idea of God providing the sacrifice, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, Abraham believes God, right? He, he goes out and he says, I'm going to sacrifice Isaac. And in Hebrews, the writer there interprets all this and says, look, you know, he, he's looking at this pattern in Genesis and he says, Abraham finally came to the conclusion that God's going to come through on his word. Mm-hmm. And which is awesome, which yeah. I, I mean, I, I love that. Um, uh, I love this this constant struggle you know where we we have this choice where we're are we going to believe that god's going to do what he's said he's going to do mm-hmm. um and i think especially right now in this with this specific um stuff going on that we have right now with this craziness craziness i think we need to remember that god is going to accomplish his mission he's going to build his church and that's what he's looking to do mm-hmm. and so even though it seems i'm sure in jerusalem when they when they came under that persecution in the early chapters of Acts, right, mm-hmm. and the the persecution came on strong, and they had to scatter. I'm sure a lot of them thought, sat there, and thought to themselves, "What is going on? Yeah, this is crazy. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're God, don't you know you're destroying your church?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what they do, wherever they went, they took the gospel with them. Yep, absolutely, and they spread it everywhere. Yeah. And so God uses these times. Mm-hmm. Um, he uses these events to grow His church. And Absolutely. Think, and you know how many people right now are turning their eyes back to God? You know, turning back and looking. Everything, everything we took for granted. It's so funny. This morning I was I was making my breakfast, and I, I like to cook up bacon. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, man, I only have this one package of bacon left, and I don't know when I'm going to get another mm-hmm. package. And mm-hmm. you know, we talk about how ridiculously spoiled that is, right? <laughs> but. But it, it it hit me, you know, like, I don't know when I'm going to be able to do this again. Like, I don't know how long I have here. 
And I, it made me realize that there are a lot of people in that situation right yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, my, my foolishness with the, the silliness with the food and everything, but the reality is there are a lot of people who are hurting, and it's 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 serious, real serious stuff. Yes. You know, no food in the cupboard. Mm-hmm. You know, am I going to have a job? Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know what, what? Where am I? Where's this? Where's my next check going to come mm-hmm. from? The economy is tanked. Retirement accounts are are flat. Mm-hmm. You know, I I know people who in their lost everything in their four hundred one k's at this point. Mm-hmm. And so, what what do we do with that? And I think for me, um, looking at uh, Yahweh Jireh, mm-hmm. looking at that idea that God provides to me, it's it's this robust reality. You know, in Genesis twenty two, it's this little facet, and it's big, and it's I'm going to provide this uh, this sacrifice, right? Mm-hmm. And we we know looking forward, having the Christ, we know that this is kind of a uh, a type, or this is this is going to be a, an event that Christ is going to come. God is going to give His own Son. He asked Abraham to give His Son, but in reality, God is going to give His own Son for the entire world, right? And that's what all of Scripture is leading up to is the the sacrifice of Christ and His resurrection. But what's, to me, another thing that I, I like to look at too, not only does God provide the sacrifice for us for spiritually, for our redemption, mm-hmm. He also promises that He's going to provide for us physically. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is a big deal for me because a lot of times people like to take the Scriptures out of context, Right? And talk about promises that weren't given to us. There's a real popular scripture going on around, on around right now that comes out of uh, Chronicles that talks about if my people turn back to me. Yes. And it's mm-hmm. a it's a it's a restatement of stuff in in Deuteronomy as well. Mm-hmm. And so what we need to realize is is those scriptures, those promises were written, but they weren't written necessarily to us. No, they weren't. Um, they were written to the Jews, mm-hmm. and they were they were concerning that Sinai covenant, that mm-hmm. covenant they had yes. in Exodus. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and we see it again in Deuteronomy. And so, you know, this is that the scripture really wasn't meant for us. And I don't, I don't think I need to say it, but the reality is this church has been through its share of suffering. Yeah. We have people who have been hurt. Mm-hmm. We know that, that God allows these things to occur. Mm-hmm. And we have to trust in him. Absolutely. You know, and so, but I want to, I want to zero in on something he did say. And so this is, this is, this is a promise from God. So this is Luke chapter 12. And we also find this in Matthew chapter six, but I like it in Luke chapter 12. And I'm going to just read through it real quick, starting in verse 22, Luke 12, 22. Then Jesus said to his disciples, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or about your body, what you will wear for life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life since you cannot do this very little thing? Why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world, those who don't know God, runs after all such things, and your Father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock. 
For your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourself that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, that there your heart will also be. So here we have this awesome problem. And there's so much. I, I, uh, no. I, we're gonna, we're, I, I read through that and I'm like, oh my goodness, there's so much to go here. But I want to zero in on this one thing. We are promised that God is going to provide the things we need to eat and the clothing to wear. Mm -hmm. He's going to provide it. And, and you know, Cole, he can't do anything else because his name says he is a That's provider. Right. Yeah. You know, Yahweh Jira means I I am Abraham knew it. He yeah. named a mountain, a rock after him. He named an altar after it. He said, yeah. this is what it, because God provided. He does. Yeah. And, and I think many of us, most of us, are probably in that in infinite infant stage in that immaturity stage where we're still struggling like Abraham was with uh, Hagar where we're still trying to learn and this will be one more building block that we'll learn from hopefully and then there'll be some of us I don't know who that is but some of us that this will be the thing that said we go oh my now I got it yeah now I got it and it will it this this catastrophe that we're going through could be that thing that propels them over to another place in their mind and in their life. Yeah. I, and I don't know who that's going to be. I have no idea. Only God knows. Knows. Yeah. You know, I just know for me, there's times when when I still struggle. You yeah. know, I'm I'm worried about getting to the store, making sure there's more bacon. <laughs> I know. You know. I know. Well, you know, but God's not really concerned about my bacon, but I am concerned about my bacon, so I need to go get some bacon, you know? And I'm like the dog running after the bacon strips, you know? But because I haven't learned yet that God's going to provide what I need. Right. Not necessarily what I want. That's right. You know, and, and that, that's a, it's a beautiful text about God saying, watch the hummingbirds, watch the birds, watch mm. the flowers. When you, I was... I, I walked in last night, yesterday afternoon, and I told George, I said, I said, there's a bunch of bees out here. I couldn't see them, but I could hear them. I knew where they were, I just couldn't see them, because I don't see so good anymore. And uh, and there was a, a thing of, of, I guess it was like a mistletoe, I guess it was, up in one of our Arizona ash trees, and it had a bunch of little flowers on it. And those bees were were around all those flowers. And I went out back outside about 10 minutes later, and they were gone. Yeah, They were gone. You know, I'm thinking... God taking care of those little bitty bees, little honey bees. And, uh, you know, I've got a specific spot out in the back of our house. And every year those bees come back to this. And I can move that. It's an old tire with a rim. And I leave it now because they come back every year and come into that thing. And you can walk right up to it. You can sit down. You can watch them go in and out. They won't bother you because they're just a bunch of honey bees. But... Uh, you know, God taking care of providing for yeah. His own, and I am way more important than even than that whole colony of honeybees. I'm more important. You know, it's it's amazing, and I hope I hope our our, our flock here is uh, is listening. I hope they're they're you know because I know some of them are struggling. I know they are, and uh, you know they don't know. You know they're they're worried. What's going to happen? What's going to happen next? What's going to happen down? The, you know, and God says here in this thing, you know. And you really hit on something there. You know, you said, I mean, everything, right? But specifically, you, you talked about, you know, I'm worried about my bacon. 
but you know God is going to see to my needs not my wants and yeah. I think that's a big thing that's something so. that we need to really ask you know when I when I think about God providing for me I, I really have to stop and I have to ask myself am I okay with what he's given mm-hmm. you know am I okay with what he provides or do I want more Mm-hmm. You know, and I have to, I have to face that because I think you know. I, I was reading a, a reading something the other day talking about. I think it was Louis the Fourteenth and how he used to have like twenty five different meals prepared mm-hmm. um, every night for his supper, and he'd come through and pick whichever one he wanted. And then the point that the guy was making is that you know the poorest of the poor in the United States has more options for supper than yes. Louis the Fourteenth. Yeah. yeah, and uh, just how crazy that is i think when we you know cole i think when we focus the right way when we get mature enough i think and and i'm not saying that's where i'm at i'm just saying you know there'll be those times when you get that opportunity and you think this is what it's about it's not about my bacon or my or or whatever it is this is i had an opportunity i was in a store the other day and there's a specific guy in there that i know i've known him for a long time don't you know don't know him outside that store and, uh, and he and I got to talking, and I just told him we had shut our services down. And, and he said, he looked at me, and, and he wanted to know where my church was. And I told him. And he said, uh, he said, you know what? He said, I've been needing to go to church, start going to church for a long time. And I, and I said, you know, I mean, just what does God want? Grow the kingdom. What he gave me? He gave me the kingdom. Yep. He gave us the, and he gave, us the, he gave us the opportunity to present the kingdom to a lost and dying world. Right. And I told him, I said, and his name's Joe, and I said, Joe, when this is all over with, I'm going to come back in here, and I'm going to I'm going to personally invite you to come to class. And I said, all I want you to do is come to class one time. I said, I promise you won't be disappointed. And and he said, I will do that. There are people who are scared. Yeah. There are people who are worried. Yeah. And, this, and they come to God. They've done it all through history. They, they come to God when they're afraid. That's right. And and we have that opportunity now, but if we're if I'm so focused in the store about finding the bacon, right, that right. I'm going to miss Joe. Totally miss the point, right? God said, "Wait a minute, dude, guys, it's not about the bacon. I'll get you the bacon, but you need you got the message to help Joe here." Yeah. And I think that's uh, I think that's something that we need to focus on Absolutely. through all of this. We need to focus on. Yeah, yeah. Being, being focused on that, you know, that mission, that task, absolutely. right? You know, that that great commission that Christ gave yeah, this absolutely. church, you know, go into all the world. And that idea of go doesn't mean, you know, you specifically who have the job, mm-hmm. you go. It means, no, just as you go about your day, as you live your life, yeah. go. As you're you know, going. As yeah. I go to get my bacon. Yeah. Have my eyes up for Joe. You know, have a little absolutely bit of right. head on a swivel. Look at, absolutely. you know, 360 awareness and try to try to do what you can and yeah, be aware abs- of where the Spirit's you know, moving. And, you absolutely. And I'm not going to read this one, but there's... But uh, you know, it, it, there's a. Uh, it says in in First Peter, he says, when you serve, rely on the strength that God provides. Yeah. You know, and this is a this is if you're going to get bacon for yourself, or you're going to get groceries or something, there's still an opportunity to serve because we've been given the kingdom. Right. And rely on the strength that God provides, even though you feel weak and you feel down and you feel despondent, and you feel, you know, beat up. Yeah. Because, you know, if this goes on a whole long time, there's going to be people going to feel beat up. Or, yeah, we're all, yeah, no, for sure. Mm-hmm. There are going to be people who have, have any, I mean, you know, it's so interesting living in, in the United States because, you know, or, or you know, and in, in, I guess in the developed world in general, mm-hmm. you know, we haven't really lived with lack. 
You know, no, no, I mean, if I want no. if I want blueberries and it's December, I go to the grocery store. There are yeah, blueberries yeah. in December. Yeah. You know, yep. I mean, in in the majority world, or in the in, oftentimes what people will call the third world, but it's the majority world. That's just not the case. Mm-hmm. There is no grocery store. You no. have what you what God has. They live closer, I think, to to just being on living on God's mercy, and uh, they I think they you know have a better idea but maybe, i think we're going to get to that point maybe god has to take some of this away from us so we, yeah. we not that we live like that but that, that we start to think and focus on okay wait wait a minute wait a minute what's important here yeah what's really important is it uh, is it the stuff i can get at the grocery store or is it that uh, that god really does love me now i'm not trying to say we're there yet and i, no. I misspoke a little bit i don't mean i don't know if we're going to get there or not but the reality is it, we're we're getting closer to that direction mm-hmm. um we're definitely going in that so when we look at yahweh Jireh, you know we need to we need to really look at what this name means and i, I think the very first thing we can take away from it is is he provides mm-hmm. he provides and so that's the number one. I think when we look at God in general, but specifically this name Yahweh Jireh, we need to use this as as, as our memory that He provides, mm-hmm. and He provides not just spiritually, but He also provides physically. We didn't talk about it, but Romans eight eight two and three eight chapter eight verses two and three, Paul makes it very clear that it's through the sacrifice of Christ that we have redemption. So, yep. so God has provided, even though man in disobedience walked away from God, mm-hmm. or he was passed away, but in his disobedience, God and his benevolence and his love and his mercy brought us back mm-hmm. through Christ. And so he provides spiritually, but then also what we talked about physically as well. And so I think when we understand that, when we know that God has provided every way, I think really what we need to focus on is that pursuit of him. Mm-hmm. Need to be, and we talked about that, right? Yeah. We need to be about his mission and his task. Mm-hmm. We need to have our eyes up. You know, we need, we're not just going to the grocery store. No. We're looking to provide that hope for people, right? Mm -hmm. We're looking for those opportunities Mm -hmm. to speak into people's lives. And if we're rattled because my bacon's not there in the morning, we're missing the whole point of this. We're missing missing this. God is still calling people to this day. And Satan is going to use opportunities to rattle us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we need to be aware of that as well. You know, but but God is still bigger than all of that. God's big enough to to give us opportunities, strengthen us to, to take care of those opportunities. And I think that we need to, whether it's physically or spiritually, you know, and, and there are people out there that need our help. They yeah. need us spiritually. That's right. You know, God says, I think it's Psalm 111, 112, something like that, that, uh, that God provides redemption. Mm. He did that. Yeah. All through the Old Testament, he did. he's been promising redemption. That's right. Jesus hung on a cross and did it, not for a bunch of people that deserved it, for a bunch of people that don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he said, "Father, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing." He understood. Well, and I think it's Romans chapter four where Paul says, "You know, for you for to be to be redeemed by God, you have to believe that God is a uh, redeemer of the wicked." Absolutely. And so, you know, Absolutely. even the wicked—I mean, wicked—you mm-hmm. know, I, when I think of wicked, I think of like the worst of the worst. Yes. Yes. And the reality is that God is even calling them. Even calling them. It's it's the the invitation wow. is open for everyone. Yeah. And we need to be aware of that. You know, that mm-hmm. that we can't sit in judgment of people because we're dealing with, with Yahweh Jira. That's right. Who is a provider. And one of the things he provides is redemption for folks. And we sit in judgment, look at someone and say, I don't like the way they're dressed, I don't like the way they talk, I don't like the way they look, and uh, and or they just cut in line. I watched a lady do that the other day at the grocery store. And, a, and a, an old gentleman waited with his basket, and this young girl came up, and she 
and she cut it right. In. And I know some people could have could have judged her right then. I don't know what was going on. It wasn't I just saw it. Didn't bother me one way or the other because I wasn't in line anyway, so it didn't bother me. But I just you know people, you know we we focus on that stuff sometimes and forget that uh, that this is about this is about being kind and compassionate and empathetic mm -hmm. and and uh, and bringing that kind of God to a lost world. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And we can't do that if we don't have our game faces on. And so this this week, my, my encouragement, Dan's encouragement to you, um, what we really want to say is, you know, the reality is we need to be with him and pray. Prayer. Absolutely. I think that's the big thing. I think we need to be praying every morning uh, for his glory and his will. I think that should be, you know, kind of number one, that priority. It's your glory, Father, and it's your will. Even in the midst of this storm, mm -hmm. that's what we're going to pray about. We're going to pray for opportunities to share the good news. Um, I think that's that's that second step. Absolutely. Right? We have to be aware that there's a task. There's still work to be done. Absolutely. Um, you know, and we didn't, we didn't hit on that. I meant to, but, you know, the idea that God provides not only physically and spiritually, but in that mix, I didn't know where to put it, but in that mix, he he's always provided us work, mm -hmm. and he's called it good. Right? Mm -hmm. Gosh, there's just so much to talk about in him as a provider. Uh, you're reading Luke 12, and I'm going, so what, So how much time we have here? Right. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we need to be praying for his peace and faith in his promises. Mm -hmm. We need to have peace in his promises and faith that he's going to provide for our needs. Even though this the world may be falling down around our ears, he's going to handle it. Um, and finally, we need to look for encouragement. Not just for us, but for those around us. We need to be providing that. And, I think. And I want the people that are here listening to us. And there'll be a lot of our members are going to be listening. And maybe people, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to work. But I hope that, uh, if nothing else, that they've, they've gotten a, a sense of that, that I am dealing with a God that can provide me with what I need. Yeah. And I need to quit worrying about it. Yeah. I need to quit worrying about what I don't have. Praise what I do have. And, and look for the people that, are, are, that God may be pointing me to. That's right. And I, I just want them, you know, in, a, in the middle of the week when we can't get together. You know, I've heard that numerous times. I've called and said, you know, we're praying, we're, you know, but it's just not the same. I talked to one gentleman today, and he said, he said, you know, he said it's just not the same being with everybody. You know, he said I can pray all the time. He said, it's just, he said I need to be with everybody. He said because that's our that's our community. I think is what he said. I'm going. You're right. You're. It really is. But right now, this is what we've got, and this is what we're going to deal with. And uh, I went by a church the other day. And uh, and there was plywood on the doors. They had they had nailed plywood up to the doors. Wow. You know, now I don't know right. why, and that's not my place. I'm just saying right. that's the that's just the it's what it is. It is it's where it we is, are yeah. right you know, now. And to to that gentleman, you know, who's who's struggling with that's not the same. And because I'm I'm right there. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I did the Sunday morning up here, and it was bizarre. It was weird. It was weird. Everyone's yeah. gone right. Um, you know, he also he provides us the work. He provides physics, spiritually, but he also provides us rest. Hebrews yeah. chapter four, right, yeah. five, and um, you know that rest is coming. You know mm -hmm. that rest isn't right now. We no. have a rest in him. No. It's coming though. No, and well then we'll then the whole family will be together, and it'll be yeah. it'll be great. I can't wait. I mean, I, I'm, I, I don't want to go today. Yeah, I don't want to go tomorrow, but you know what? I mean, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I really am. I hope our I hope our brothers and sisters are looking forward to it, or at least getting to that point 
where they're maturing to that place. I'm ready to go when he calls me. Person, this yeah. is kind of personally how I look at it, but I hear what you're saying. Like, uh, it's it's one of my big things. You know, I, I just, I, you know, after maybe ten thousand years of being on my face before the throne, maybe just maybe I'll look up and try to find Luke and ask him some questions. Yeah, at Paul and, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, I definitely, but, while I'm here, got an agenda. Right, right. I've got yeah. a list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a list, you know, and I really like to talk to God and say, why did you think providing it that way was a plan? It didn't, that didn't, it didn't make a lot of sense to me, you know, but, but, you know, those questions probably won't really matter much. Probably not. Probably won't matter much. But. So, yeah, this week, just, you know, want to encourage people to be into prayer. Um, you, you can see kind of what I've outlined there, mm -hmm. but pray in the name of Yahweh Jireh. Um, you know, we didn't talk about it much. A lot of people would know this name as Jehovah Jireh. Mm -hmm. And that's okay, too, if, if that's kind of the name you've zeroed on. Um, but we're, we're to this what we've looked at is Yahweh Jireh. So it's the same thing if you've been wondering this whole time. Uh, it's very similar anyway. But pray to mm -hmm. this name. Pray with this name in mm -hmm. mind. It's okay. This is a name of God, mm -hmm. and it's okay to address him as such. He yeah. gave us this name. This isn't made up. Absolutely. This is the name he gave us in his mm -hmm. word, and, and you should pray with this name in mind. Absolutely. We're asking for his provision, and, and when we need that, we, we need to let him know. He's our father, and he cares. Okay. Um, this week, of course, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a, a class without homework. And so I've, <laughs> I've, got, I've got some homework. I don't up. give I just, homework. You, that's, I just, your, that's your deal. That's my deal. I know. That's your gig, man. So I, I've I've put some homework up on the screen. Um, you can see it. I, I really think this week what would benefit us is to meditate on Psalm 23, 1 through 6. Of course, I want you to pray every morning like like we've talked about, but also I want to meditation. We need to be chewing the word. Mm -hmm. And so meditate on Psalm 23, 1 through 6. I think it's very uh, apt for what's going on right now in our Absolutely. life. You know, take a verse a day. And ask those questions that we talked about, right? Mm -hmm. What does this mean about God? And then what does this say about me? Um, write down your answers. Write them until your brain hurts. And then uh, just repeat, rinse and repeat. So take verse 1 tonight or tomorrow and then 2 and then all the way through 6. And just ask those questions. Really meditate on what this scripture is. And then and then pray, you know. Personally, give give thanks. I, yeah. I think we can... We definitely need to be giving thanks to, to an amazing and awesome God that A God provides. who provides. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, you want to close us out? Yep, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity that we've had to call and I to do this. Yes. Uh, I pray that it's uh, that it will be uh, well received, that uh, we'll, uh, we'll change it up where we need to, Father, and we'll try to use this, uh, this platform as best we know how. We ask, Father, you bless this platform. You bless us that we might be able to reach not only our folks here, but maybe folks in this world, in this town, who are struggling. Maybe they'll listen, and and it, it'll it'll help to encourage them and lift them up. Father, bless us as we go through this. Strengthen us. Give us uh, give us clear vision, clear focus. But Father, help us to be aware when we go anywhere we go. Help us to be aware of what our responsibility is as we oh. serve, and that you are going to strengthen us as we serve. And we thank you for that, Father. Bless us and encourage us as we go home. And when we go home, that we'll know that we're going home to you. Thank you, Father, for all of that. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.